Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. This week we were going to celebrate women in the sport of baseball. We have a lot of guests lined up for you today. Uh, my co-host, Michelle, how you doing, buddy? You're going to announce uh, who the guest is today. Yes, I have the extreme privilege and honor of welcoming Miss Renelle Brooks-Moon to the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor for us to have you. You know, thank you for that. It blows my mind that, uh, you know, people outside of the Bay Area know who I am and what I do. So I'm just, thank you guys so much. So I was noticing, uh, you know, reading a little about you that you grew up in the Bay Area. So you grew up there. You're still working there. You spent your whole life there. Yeah, I've been really lucky and fortunate and blessed to, um, to have my whole career here. I was on the radio for 35 years um, and got the job with the Giants. It's my 22nd season. Incredible. But I've been able to do everything here at home. I, I was born in Oakland, grew up in the Bay Area. So I actually um, am both an A's and a Giants fan, although I can't say that publicly often because people get upset. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I grew up going to both ballparks, and so it's just a trip now to to be the voice of my childhood baseball team. Now, I know that you uh, graduated from college in 81, and you majored in English, but uh, in 86, you ended up working in radio. Did you always have that in mind, and what was your experience like uh, leading up to getting up uh, working in radio yeah i uh i had no plans to get into radio at all i got into radio completely by accident i i was going to follow in the footsteps of my parents who are were both career educators my late father in fact was the first black high school principal in san francisco so i thought i was gonna you know continue on with the family business but when i graduated um that wasn't my jam at that time. In fact, I changed my major multiple times because I just, pardon the pun, I couldn't find my voice. I couldn't really find what my calling was. And uh, I just ended up getting an entry-level job at a news radio station uh, and, uh, and worked there for four years and worked my way on up and switched over to a music station, working in public affairs, and which I loved so much. And, and, uh, through the grace of God and a wonderful program director at the time, he, he gave me a shot. And from there, I enjoyed a, just a crazy, tremendous, most rewarding ride on the radio out here. It's just, it's been amazing. But no, it, just, it wasn't something that I, I thought about because as a little girl, there were no women or very few women on the radio. I don't remember any women on the radio and certainly not any women of color. 
and of course, no women in sports. So, you know, the possibilities that I had as a little girl in the 60s were nothing compared to what the possibilities are today. So uh, I'm just I'm just forever grateful because I never imagined a career in radio, let alone in baseball, which is a sport that I so love. How did you end up getting the job with the Giants? I know I had read something that they moved from Candlestick uh, to the new ballpark. I know when I went, it was AT&T ballpark, and it's really, really beautiful, so you're really lucky to get to work somewhere like there. But how, how did that happen? How did you get that job? Yeah, it's a, it's a nice office I have, right? It's a nice, it's a nice work building, right, Rob? It's awesome. Yes, very nice. Well, and, and that's awesome. That, so you actually heard me. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I went to two games in um, 2015 when they played the Astros. Cool. That's very cool. Well, yeah, so um, the Giants actually hired the first female PA announcer who I always have to give much respect and props to, and her name is Sherry Davis. And she did the final seven seasons at Candlestick Park. It's hard for me to talk about Candlestick Rob because it's no longer there, and that's where my childhood was spent. It still hurts. It's demolished. Mm-hmm. It's gone. It still hurts. But um, I, I didn't even know they were going to hire a new PA announcer when the uh, new ballpark was going to open. And I got the call. I got the call after my morning radio show from the vice president of marketing at the time. Got a voicemail message, and he asked me if I'd be interested in auditioning uh, for the new PA job at the new ballpark. And I just, I lost my, I lost my mind. I almost cussed Rob. <laughs> sorry, I lost my mind because I didn't, I didn't know that was even out there. And, and then to, and I just felt so honored. And uh, and of course, I called my mother first because my mom is. You know, she's a big baseball fan. My whole family is just a baseball family, which makes this all all the more sweeter. But I called her first before I called the marketing director back. And I ended up having uh, three auditions at Candlestick. And in the in November of 1999, right before my husband and I were leaving for Maui for Thanksgiving, I got the call that Friday that uh, that I got the job. So best Thanksgiving ever. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I know that you are the only the second female to do what you do in the sport of baseball. Um, and you took over for the first one. Uh, what does it mean? What did it mean to you? And what does it mean to you today for that uh, to be working in the position that you do? And um, what do you think that the MLB could do to uh make more opportunities available for women and for women of color and for people of color. Are there any, and are there any current initiatives that you are aware of uh, that currently exist? Well, I, I have to say that this past year has been extraordinary for women in baseball and the past few years have been extraordinary for women in sports in general. Um, and for me, um, I've always said that, this job is bigger than me. It comes with such a responsibility. Like I was saying earlier, I I didn't have these possibilities when I was little. So now um, almost the coolest part of my job is the fact that, you know, my gender nor my race is an issue for little boys, especially, but for little girls, they can see what is possible, a possibility that I didn't have. So this job, um, uh, like I say, it comes with a huge responsibility, and I do not take that lightly. And and through my work 
on the radio and in baseball now, I found a way to actually teach just like mom and dad did because I, I spent my, and I still do, my broadcasting career. I, I still mentor broadcasting students. I'm mentoring young women that not just are working in sports broadcasting, but also are working in the front office, particularly in our entertainment and promotions departments, because it's important for me to um, be the woman that I didn't have. I had to really kind of figure this out all by myself when I got hired in 2000. In fact, I was the only woman in our entertainment department in 2000. Um, so it, I'm encouraged, but it, you know, certainly this last year has shown us that uh, MLB has, has a lot to do in terms of um, uh, diverse, diversity in hiring, diversity on and off the field. And that's something that I am very vocal about here with my own organization with the Giants. We don't have one black player, not one black coach. Um, we have two young guys that I'm really rooting for this spring, Jalen Davis and Lamont Wade Jr. Um, but I've been very vocal about that. I, you know, my parents were also community activists, so I, I get that. That's in my bones and my blood too. <laughs> um, and our front office is not nearly as diverse. And you know, I've, I've called them out on that and there's not a lot of promoting of women in our organization. Um, so it's just, I feel it's really important for me to speak out about it, to mentor these young women and, you know, to, to do what I can to move the needle forward. I'm very encouraged by Kim Ang being hired by the Marlins and the Red Sox hired the first black uh, female coach. And the first female coach was our Alyssa Nacken. Uh, last year, she was hired for our coaching staff. So, you know, change is slow, but we're moving in the right direction. I'm also working with uh, one of our former players, Randy Wynn, who serves on our Giants Community Fund Board, and he specifically is on the new Racial Justice Task Force. So I'm working with him, as well as our Black Employee Resource Group, um, to see what we can do in terms of more outreach in, in, uh, in the inner, inner city communities here in San Francisco and get these kids involved in baseball and also internship opportunities and you know just hiring opportunities you know just whatever we can do to try to again forgive the pun level the playing field so there's a lot of work to be done so let it be clear that i just i don't just go on the microphone for three hours you know 81 games a year i'm working in the community and i'm really fighting for what what uh what i think is right it surprises me you know, you're telling me that, uh, telling us that story about, you know, not having black players or, you know, you're the only person in the uh, entertainment side of it or whatever that was. I'm sorry. I mean, because you have, you, you went from one female announcer to another female announcer and, I, and it just surprises me. I, ex I expected the Giants to be a little more progressive after you said that, but Let's go. Here's my next question for you. You started in 2000, and then right away, like in 2001, you have Barry Bonds, you know, hit, you know, breaking the home run record. And in 2002, you, you get to you, you become the first female to call the World Series. Yeah, that I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> I didn't see that coming at all. Let me just before I address that, address that, Robin Michelle. Let me just say that. There are, <clears throat> there are women in middle management and upper management positions um, within the front office, not nearly as many as I feel like there should be. And um, again, there's a, there's a real lack of diversity. There are only um, 
eight black employees, two of us, it's me and then Brandon, who's a clubhouse assistant. So really there's only five in the front office and three of them just got hired in the last couple of years. So again, it's something that I've been extremely vocal about since I got hired in 2000. Um, so, but I do want to address the fact that we do have, we have Stacy Slaughter, who's vice president of communications, Shana Dom, who's vice president of community relations. And, and there are more, there are, there is some representation, but for me in 2021, it's not nearly what I think it should be. Now, Barry Bonds, that was absolutely insane, that home run chase. And for me to be on the microphone um, for almost every milestone home run, because he had a knack for hitting those milestone home runs at home for the most part. I'm all, almost every one of them was at home. And mm -hmm. I was honored to be on the mic at that time. The other thing I want to share is I, I knew Barry before I even got the job with the Giants. Also, Dusty, your skipper. I'm so I was so thrilled when, when he was hired. Um, but I also knew Dusty before I got the job as well, you know, from doing events in the community. And, and uh, I actually did some TV for the A's before. And uh, I did a show called Sports in the Classroom and uh, where we took a, a local celebrity athlete to local high schools and talk to kids about uh, using the same tools to be successful in life that you do in sports. And Dusty was my very first guest. So then, you know, fast forward full circle to, you know, April 11, 2000, uh, you know, and th there I am, you know, with, with my man, uh, with my boy, my dude. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and Barry, I knew um, he did radio interviews on my radio, on my morning show. I actually met him through mutual friends and we went to the wedding and you know, it's just been, it's just been such a joy to, and I know a Barry that a lot of people that the public doesn't know. Cause I, you know, I know his persona, you know, is not that popular, but the Barry that I know is, extremely compassionate he loves hard and uh you know i don't fault him for being um you know uh, a little leery of the media having seen what his his late father went through but yeah and then and then rob you know 2002 i'm not expecting to i'm not even thinking about being on the mic for a playoff game let alone a world series and then for game three as you mentioned cooperstown acknowledged me as the first woman to announce a uh, championship game in any professional sport. And so that game three, I became the story and I was already nervous enough as it is. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't expect all this attention coming my way and we're playing Anaheim. So a lot of the Southern California media wanted to do it. I had all these media requests when I got to the ballpark and I was like, wait, I need to focus. But once the game got going, the nerves went away. But yeah, it was really, I had no idea I was making history. I'm not even thinking about that, right? I'm just trying to make sure that the whole world is watching and I don't, I don't mess up on the microphone. So yeah, 2002, that's like my third season. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you mentioned that you do a lot of work with... Um the younger uh you mentor people uh you mentor young uh young females in broadcasting what would be um what are some of the most important things you've learned over the course of your career and uh what is some of the most important uh key pieces or the most valuable pieces of wisdom you think that a young woman uh, or a young person of color should know uh, trying to work in sports media? 
Yeah, I, I wish I could say that it's easier in 2021, but unfortunately, a lot of the same adversity and challenges um, that I face, not just in sports, but in, uh, in radio as well, a lot of those situations um, unfortunately still exist. There's, it's still both the radio industry and, you know, uh, sports, pro sports are still, you know, male dominated and it's still quite an old boys club. And uh, I mean, I, I'm still fighting a lot of adversity to this day. Um, so I, it, it breaks my heart because I, I, I had hoped that a lot of the challenges that I went through, that I was taking the hits for the women that were coming after me, but I mean, it's improved, but it's still, it's still pretty rough. So, um, the first thing I would say is if, if this truly is your passion, do not, do not be deterred. And, you know, you, you you may hear no more than you hear yes, but again, if this is your passion, you just, you know, keep fighting for it. Also, uh, the most important thing, knowledge is power. I mean, know, know what you're doing. Um, get your college education, uh, get your internships, know as much as you can about the industry, no matter which path you choose to pursue, whether you want, if you want to be on the mic or on, on, uh, on television, on camera, I mean, you still need to know how to write. You still need to know how to edit. You still need to know the technical side of things. So um, I would, I always advise <clears throat> my broadcasting and my sports mentees that you know, learn, you never stop learning. I mean, like when I finish with you guys, I'm going to, I'm going to start reading every article that, you know, that's been written about the giants today in the local papers and on the websites, because I'm getting ready for spring training. I don't just, just show up there, you know, not knowing my stuff. So, I mean, you never stop learning and you got to keep working, do your homework, do your research, so when you are ready for that opportunity, when it comes, you have got all your skills. You've got all your ducks in a row. Um, I would also suggest and advise that something that I wish I would have had. There are so many um, networking opportunities now in terms of um, organizations that you can that you can join. Uh, you know, American Women in Radio and Television. And there's all these new you know organizations for women in sports now that weren't available to me same with radio women in radio we have a group out here called broads in broadcasting <laughs> <laughs> and you know it, so it's so important <laughs> to have that that support because we're in our own club women in sports broadcasting nobody knows our experiences better than us so it's great to have you know someone else to talk to that can support you and advise and advise you as well. Um, and, and speaking of networking, every job I have ever gotten throughout my career, radio, TV, voiceover work has been through a relationship that I have had. So you never know when some, where your job is going to come from. So you don't want to burn any bridges along the way, you know, nurture every relationship and treat people with respect and kindness because I've had jobs just come out of the thin blue sky because I was referred by someone. So networking is hugely important. Um, so that's that's what I would advise, and to and to and to really stay strong and and make sure that your personal network is filled with positive people. Your you know your girlfriends, your family. Um, I'm really fortunate to have a great group of of girlfriends in radio, and now a little small club of us in, in baseball. Um, and and take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Self-care is a lesson I've learned late in life, but it's so important because this, this career in sports is very challenging. It's hard work and it is a grind. 
and you have to know when it's time for you to sit down and take a pause um, and just, you know, so that you can be your best. So that was a long-winded answer to your question, Michelle, but all of that is very, I feel is very important. I think it's very important to hear. That's the kind of answers we like, long-winded. The more long-winded, the better. Well, you got the right gal right here, let me tell you. So let's, uh, you talked about spring training, you know, and then I, I think the season, I don't know the exact number, but it's its really, really close. Uh, April 1st, I believe, and I don't even know what today is because I'm so lost. But um, tell me about this. You know, in, in Texas, we have our governor. He list, He lifted the, you know, the social distancing and mask thing and all that. And everything's kind of loopy over here. And the, 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 the tickets, they were going to social distance, and now they're not. And I don't really know what's going on. So what I was going to ask you is, what's, what the, what's it going to be like as far as having fans at the stadium uh, in 2021 in San Francisco? And also, can you touch on what it was like last year announcing games without any? Yeah, sure. Um, we are going to have fans on opening day. I can hardly contain myself. I'm so excited. Um, they're still kind of working out all of the details, but we'll have a, a you know, obviously a very small percentage um, of fans in the ballpark. And the seating obviously will be different. They're going to seat people in uh, pods. Uh, concessions will be delivered to them. Um, you know, the, the temperatures will be taken. There's a whole protocol that they're still working on. Um, but I, but we are going to have fans. Our home opener is April 9th. I cannot wait. And the thing about last season, uh, first and foremost, I was just grateful to be working. I actually almost felt a little guilty that I had a job when, you know, so many other people did not. Mm -hmm. So I was gr grateful every single day. Um, it made me very sad, I have to say, every game I walked into the ballpark and, you know, the empty concession stands. And, you know, those are those are my homies. I mean, you know, I've gotten to know them all over the last two decades. And I've, you know, I've been to baby showers, you know, with some employees and uh, different events and, you know, different birthday parties and things of that nature. So, I, you know, I have relationships with these people that were out of work last season and that it just, it really broke my heart. And it really, it, I mean, it was like a ghost town walking into the ballpark every day. But then once I get into the control room in the PA booth and there's my crew, which our crew, not my crew, our yeah. crew, which we are a family and, um, and miss them all so much, you know, um, so I was, it, it was, I also think that my radio training helped me with the fact that I didn't have a live studio audience, if you will, because doing morning radio for so many years and my very first boss, my first program director said, you, you know, think about who you're talking to when you're on the microphone. These are, these are parents, you know, getting the breakfast for the kids and packing lunches. They're commuting in their cars or they're, you know, on, on public transit. That's who you're talking to. So, you know, in my mind, I was like, I, I don't have them here, but I'm, I'm talking to Giants fans who can, you know, hear me on the, through the radio and TV telecast and just not, and not doing radio and not having that audience, I think probably prepared me better than, than a lot to have no fans uh, in the stadium. And then we also added 
uh, piped in crowd noise. And I have to say, the crew and I were like, that's going to be whack. What is that going to be? But you know what? <laughs> Rob, like right after the first, you know, right after I go, you know, good evening and welcome to Oracle Park. And then the crowd noise comes in and we were like, okay, this can work. This can work. And we and from there, it was like we had not missed a beat. And I just felt it was such a privilege to be able to be on the mic last season. I had so many fans reach out to me on uh, on social media and say, oh, my God, it's so good to hear your voice. You know, things feel n a little bit normal. You know, the fact that we were able to give them, you know, Giants baseball and take their minds off of all that mess we went through last year with the pandemic and the racial reckoning and social justice protests and how sports responded, we gave them you know, three hours of, you know, some normalcy. So I felt a real privilege to be on the mic last season, probably more so than any other season because of what we as a country went through. Um, did, you, did you have another question, Michelle? Uh, no, I did not. I've just been enjoying listening to the conversation. I have another question. Are you still doing radio? No, I actually, the old gal retired from radio in, in 2017 <laughs> because you know what happened guys is over the years, um, this initially was a part-time job. I was moonlighting as PA announcer, right? But over the years they have increased my role to like this full-time position. I'm also a, a community ambassador, meaning I represent the team at various Giants events in the community. I, um, was very honored to emcee the inauguration of our first black female mayor, London Breed, in, a, in 2018. Um, so things like that. I also um, do, um, do TV for the Giants as well. I hosted a show. I won an Emmy. I won my first Emmy, uh, a show called Forever Giants, where I uh, sit down and interview um, of alumni, uh, you know, former players, which you know, a lot of these guys are the guys that I grew up, you know, with loving and to be able to sit down and talk to them about, you know, mm -hmm. when they first realized that they, you know, could play the sport and they were good at it and, and you know, and their journey and everything. So they created this part-time role. So at that point, I was like, listen, I can't get up at four o'clock in the morning and do my full-time Giants gig at the same time. And quite frankly, Rob and Michelle, 2017 was the, the right time for me to get out. Because radio's changed so much from when I started in 1985. How so? Well, you know, um, there's a lot of voice tracking. Like a lot of voices you hear are not necessarily in the studio anymore. Um, a lot of with the with the with the evolving technology and um, you know satellite radio and you know being able to get your music from different sources um, that really flipped radio on its head. So, you know, everything is kind of driven to the website now, as opposed to, you know, we've got your tickets coming up for, you know, cool and the gang, or I don't know why I just <laughs> came up with cool and the gang of all the artists, no disrespect, love them. But yeah. you know, a lot, a lot more is driven to social media now. So you can't, and, and you can't really, you know, show as much of your personality as we had the freedom to do when I started. So, you know, and, and also, you know, I'm an OG, Rob. So like the, I'm getting older and, you know, the people I'm working with are getting younger. 
and the work ethic was is a lot different. And so I was like, I'm out. That's enough. I had a great run. I'll let you kids take it from here. Are you planning on uh, doing the PA for the Giants as long as they let you? Absolutely. That's what the guys did. You know, the late great Bob Shepard in New York. And, you know, and that's another thing. People often ask me why, why it took 18 years for another woman to be hired. Shout out Medisol Castro, my good friend, who's the PA announcer at the Mets and has been with them since 2018. But, but for the reasons that I'm saying, I mean, they don't, the guys don't leave the job. That's why there's no turnover. You know, and for the guys, it's it's a part-time job, and you know they do their thing, and they come to the ballpark, and you know enjoy baseball and do their thing. Um, but they that's why they stay for so long. Um, so, but now that's starting to change. So, and uh, you probably heard that we just recently uh, have a new member of my very exclusive club. Club Amelia got hired by the Oakland Athletics as their PA announcer this season. She got hired last week. So thrilled about that. So there's now there are three of us in this exclusive club and I have club and I have embraced and welcomed them, you know, with my open arms. In fact, Amelia, I, I uh, stayed in touch with her. I reached out to her last season. She did the interim. She was the interim PA last season when um, Dick Callahan, who has since left us, may his soul rest in peace, uh, not too long ago, but he had underlying health conditions. So he opted out last season. And Amelia, who'd never done uh, anything on a mic before, she was the uh, uh, entertainment manager for Oakland, and now and now she's the PA announcer coming off of what she did last season. So I, you know, and she told me about it a week before it was announced, and I had to keep her secret for a while. But we talked, and I, you know, try to be available for her whenever she needs me. And same thing with Maddie Saul and. Marisol and I are, are besties. In fact, I the last time I saw her in person was right before lockdown, actually. It was my husband and I were in New York for Thanksgiving um, huh. 20, 2019 and got to see her. And then, you know, three months later, you know, the world turned upside down. But we're getting there. We're, you know, change is slow, but we're making progress. And in the next decade, I fully expect to see more and more women hired, not just on the microphone, but right. uh, for the telecast as well and in the front office as well. Well, what's amazing about the job y'all have is kind of something that our uh, sideline reporter, Julia Morales, pointed out. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, if, if your goal is to be a PA announcer for Major League Baseball, you have to realize there's only 30 of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's something, you know, when you talk about talking to younger kids, you know, to, you know, there is limitations to your dreams, but you can't have your dreams. But but anyway, that's awesome. I didn't know there was three. Uh, but that's all the time we have, you know, we don't want to take any more of your time, but we really, really appreciate you coming on and being our first guest of the week as we celebrate women in baseball. Well, thank you guys very much for having me. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, shout out once again to Dusty Baker. Love him. So miss him very much. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for, uh, Renell Brooks for coming on. Michelle, thanks for being the best co-host ever. And we'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.